Hi, this is Jim, and this is Second Chance, a Moped Podcast. And welcome everybody to another episode of Second Chance, a Moped Podcast. Hey, we're here. We're in the basement. It's wintertime. It's January. We made it through 2020. Fuck 2020. I'll say it. Um, and know what? I don't think anything's going to change in the next 30 days, but we've got hope. And that's that's what sometimes all we can ask for. Um, New Year's was a different experience for me this year. You know, doing the Zoom thing, doing the everybody got together. It was it was pretty fun. I played uh, mopeds in my garage the whole night and just kind of, and oddly enough, met another Minnesota moped person that I had no idea was even in existence. So small world after all, as they always say. But yeah, I'm starting to realize just like summer, this winter is slipping away from me because I always bring up that I, I plan on doing pinball or bakers, whatever's coming this summer. And then somebody who's going to be a part of the crew that I'm going to be with, they're like, so if you started your bike gym, Oh fuck, I need to start that. And I need to start that now, but I need to finish my updates on all my daily riders. So like, and it's January and like, I don't know about anybody else, but like, when I'm out in my shop, it's not about speed. It's not about like getting stuff done. I'm just there to relax and I'm not on the time clock. I'm just, yeah, that's, that's me. That's kind of my, my shop is just kind of my area to chill the fuck out, drink some coffee, listen to some shitty pro wrestling podcasts. And you know, it's, it's fun for me. It gets me out of the house, whatever. Um, but you know, winter's slipping by, I gotta get shit done. And We are going to introduce our guest right now. Um, and this is weird because just how rallies bring people together. We had the virtual rally here, Chad Burke's Build and Gather, um, about a month ago, we'll say. And it just shows you what 2020 robbed of us and newer people in the moped scene like myself and the experiences we could have had and the people we get to know. You know, I had one good year of rallies. And then this kind of came on because of a rally. Um, and I got to see this individual host uh, one of the sessions for the Chad Burke Build and Gather. His uh, preceded my my little experiment, we'll call it, of live, live podcasting. Um, and I'm just going to have our guest right now introduce himself. Uh, hi, my name's Andy. I'm from Toledo, Ohio. I am uh, one of the founding members and current captain uh, the zeros, uh, yeah, right on, Andy. Uh, here, uh, second chance. Ugh, I'm all tongue twisted tonight for some reason, I don't know why, but we'll try to get through this. Here at Second Chance Moped Podcast, we go through people's moped journeys. You know, what happened, i.e., the very first time they saw a moped, what it was like, you know, kind of middle part of their journey, and what it's like today. And I figured out what was wrong with this whole introduction. I didn't get my sip of coffee in. I love it. Like I was just talking to my boss tonight, like him, both him and I, we can drink coffee till we literally go to bed and it's just the way it is. Um, But so Andy, I'm going to ask you, what is your very first memory of a moped? Not necessarily getting on, but like the first time you can actually conceptually remember seeing that is a moped. Um, Honestly, it was almost just before I got my first moped. I never really saw them, which is strange because Everyone buys their mopeds from Ohio. I'm sure <laughs> in your garage, one of those mopeds is from Ohio. Uh, 
but I, I really didn't until, um, uh, you know, one of my buddies got a moped and that's how I got mine. You know, there's more to it. I'm sure we'll get to that, but, uh, I, I really, really, that was like my first introduction to them. Um, when I was younger, I always had aspirations of getting a scooter because I just saw, I, I didn't know the difference. It was just like, you know, that's freedom, mm-hmm. but I didn't wind up getting one until much later. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so what year for, you know, me and my timelines, I'm, you you're you we talked a little bit about some of your ocd stuff i'm ocd about like timelines and making stuff fit in the puzzle what year was this at um that i got my first moped yeah got into them uh 2008 2009 okay yeah uh, i was in, i was when i was in college i i'm 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 gonna say i'm old but i am in my 30s now so you know it was like my sophomore year of college i think mm-hmm. and were you did you go to school at ohio state like everybody else in ohio or <laughs> no, I went to the University of Toledo. Okay. Um, yeah. Oh, I actually went to a medical college for my first year of college uh, mm-hmm. as a freshman, and then decided that uh, I, that path wasn't for me, so I switched over to a different college. And uh, it was one that you know, like a full size normal college, I guess you'd say. And, you know, you had to get around campus and whatnot. So yeah. Mode mode of transportation. Well, like yeah, you talked about getting it, but like, what was your first? What was that first ride like? I mean, what was the experience? What was your first moped then? Since all mopeds uh, go to die in Ohio, apparently. <laughs> That's true. Well, so how it all started. Uh, so you go into University of Toledo. You know, you're a broke college kid. Mm-hmm. A parking pass is $150 a semester. That's a lot of money. Yeah. So so one of the founding zeros, my my, my good friend David, he goes, uh, calls me up one day. I had a little pickup truck, like a, you know, a Dodge 50 and he's like, uh, you know, I bought this, I bought this little bicycle thing. It's got a motor on it and you can park it at the bike racks, but it's, in, <laughs> it's in Finley. Get your truck. We got to go pick this thing up. <laughs> bought it for a hundred bucks off eBay. Nice dude. That's a so, real good, that's a real good first moped buy because you hear from a lot of people, the old guard and I'll count you as the old guard. Like everybody always pays like they either get them for free or they pay like 500 bucks. Like there was a lot of that going on in that time frame. Well, you know, you, you're like it is kind of OG now. You're talking like 11, 12 years ago, mm-hmm. and you know, it, mopeds were valueless. They still should be, in my opinion. But mm-hmm. you know, that's what you paid for them then. And yeah, we drove down to Finley. We went and picked the spike up. I think because Finley, that's probably the wrong city. Now I'm sure David will hear this and call me up. Yo, jackass, what we were doing 12 years ago. Uh, <laughs> so, so we went and we went and bought his his moped, and it was a Honda PA50. PA50, nice. not a PA50. And yeah, you know, we got that thing back and it fired right up and he rode to class for like a week. I was like, dude, I gotta, I gotta get on this train. Mm-hmm. So we hit up the same guy and he had a sax and it was a sax suburban, uh, those pretty common model. Um, but it had the D motor and it did like Ooh. 32 and, you know, as he was riding his moped and, uh, you know, we had that thing running perfect. So it did mm-hmm. 19 miles an hour, so yeah, like yeah, 30, mi- 30 miles an hour, you know, blew our minds. Exactly. So we went down, picked up that sax, um, came back, and man, we rode those things all over Toledo. We would ride to class every day, ride around the university, uh, just just everywhere. And yeah. then, yeah, that was that was my first bike. It was awesome. I really miss it. Um, so it's still it's still just a mode of transportation at your point at this point in your life. It's not. And I know 2008 is a totally different scene than what it is now in the moped culture. But like, how did you 
tap into moped culture at that point like well, we got another friend into mopeds, and mm-hmm. he found uh, David had already found Moped Army, and you know between the three of us, we start. Even then, it was there's so much information. You know, MA is only 20 years old, so it wasn't it wasn't new then. It's still been around for almost 10 years, and mm-hmm. you know we start learning all this stuff. We're like, oh, we can make these faster. And Treats didn't have a dedicated website yet. You used to have to buy things from them off eBay. They had back eBay in the stores. eBay stores. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it was like, you know, it was just as it was always wackier than it is now. You know, when you read some of the descriptions for the old parts, it's all, you know, dreamy. You can tell us Benji just, you know, being <laughs> an interesting dude. Like, and he's like, I swear this stuff is real. The parts will show up, you know. And, and yeah, we got into Moped Army, like started reading, started learning a little bit more, especially when we're looking at like David's bike. We're like, okay, like this can go faster than 19 miles an hour. Ordered some parts, got some this and that start learning mm-hmm. and it, i would say it was only a mode of transportation for like two to three months okay after after that we were right into the culture like we were so ready to go to rallies and and get a club together mm-hmm. it was so, really quick so what was your like background growing up as a kid like was your family like i know i know for some of us at least for myself like i, I came from a very mechanical family like my family was in the in the automotive industry, um, collision repair center. So, like, I was always around cars. I was always turning wrenches. I was always, you know, loved things that went fast. Like, was that anything – like, what was your childhood growing up? Was it – Motors were pretty new to me. My dad mm-hmm. – uh, my dad's a firefighter, but he, he had me when he was, like, you know, 20. So, he was, like, a – I grew up with my dad being a college kid and, you know mm-hmm. – and uh, he fixed houses. And so he taught me how to, I can fix anything in a house. Mm-hmm. He taught, So I was very familiar with tools, but, but when you're repairing floors or putting in a hot water tank or a dryer or what, you know, all kinds of things that I'm very grateful they taught me. Um, it didn't involve a motor until mm-hmm. I got a little bit older and I was 12 and uh, in Michigan, which for those of you who don't know where Toledo is, is roughly five minutes away. Okay you can get your boater safety license. And we had a cabin in Northern Michigan. So it was like, yeah, you can get a little motor and put it on this rowboat. And you know, you're 12. That's again, it's the same concept as a moped or a motorcycle. It's freedom. You can go to the state park by yourself. So yeah, yeah. we got a little 10 horsepower Evinrude two stroke. And my dad didn't really know too much about motors. I mean, I remember him, you know, having me hold a flashlight and yelling at me around a car. Like, I'm sure. But we rebuilt that little 10 horsepower air cooled um, Evinrude, mm-hmm. uh, which is very unusual for boat motors are usually liquid cooled. This one's like from the 50s. So it was yeah. basically like a moped. It had points. We switched it over to a CDI um, and it was completely air cooled. So there was no, you know, ducting or anything, anything mm-hmm. weird with it. And that kind that was my first introduction to motors, but then I didn't touch them again until I got my moped. Yeah. You say dad telling you how to hold a flashlight. Like, dude, I am the greatest flashlight holder in the world because I had a very direct father. We'll say that with Dave. <laughs> like I can, I can hold the shit out of a flashlight for anybody working on a car. Like that was like, yeah. Um, <laughs> right on, right on. So like you're, your mechanic, you're in like, in a loose in a loose sense you're mechanically inclined you're just inexperienced in this type of mechanical knowledge yeah i was very familiar with tools um Mm -hmm. but i didn't 
you know, it's to this day, it's like when my dad has his tools and I have mine, they're completely different. Yeah. You know, what you, what you use on a house, like versus uh, a motor is so different. Like he got a little boat motor a couple of months ago and I, he needed some help with it. So I went over there and he's taking the spark plug out with a pair of, you know, pliers. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> you know, because <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just a different mindset, but I was, mm-hmm. I was familiar with them, but, but man, uh, David and I, and the guys who started the zeros, we learned so much uh, yeah. about motors from moped army and mopeds. Yeah. That was, that's where it all came from. That was where all my real engine skills built up as I got better with mopeds. And like, you guys are not, if uh, I'll, I'll, we'll keep going on the story. Um, so you three are kind of have a click of friends. You're riding mopeds. You're getting into the culture with moped army. Um, and you're from kind of my experience doing this podcast, you're part of that big second wave. You know, there's that huge like first wave of mopeds, but then they're like between like 2007 and 2009, there's a whole bunch of people that came into the moped culture. And that's awesome because a lot of those guys are still around, but now there's like gen three, almost if you'll, if you will, like, in the last three to five years, there's a lot of new people, but yeah, that's a good way to put it. I mean, I remember going to rallies when I was like 21, 22 and looking up to these guys. They're all, you know, in my, then I'm like, they're adults. <laughs> now, and I realize that is a word I don't throw around anymore, yeah. you know, or like these guys are like in their late twenties, early thirties. And like, uh, especially at that point, you know, a lot of those were official, uh, MA members like the bandits and stuff and just like like they were like heroes like mm-hmm. oh my god that's Nate Bandit I, I read his threads on Moped Army he's like a you know wizard like I can't wait to learn from these people yeah those uh, guys are yeah, still like legends. we really looked at MA mm-hmm. yeah Moped Army really shaped our our club and you know we and myself uh you know we found more kids with mopeds they are the same way as us on campus and then you, oh hey there's more to it yeah, yeah. It, it was it was a really interesting progression. You talked about it a little bit like you, you're getting into the culture because of the website. What was it like your guys' first like it was during the time of the barbecue? It was like what was your first? It wasn't rally. Were there rallies around this time, or were you going to rallies, oh, yeah. or like, or was it like the oh, barbecue oh, scene? Uh, we are a little younger than the barbecue scene. I mean, the barbecue okay. scene. You're talking like. At that point, you know, it's like barbecue one through five. Like there were no rallies, mm-hmm. uh, but after that, there were. Uh, okay. Like you know, we're still talking really early. Like I, my my first rally was uh, a ghost ride rally. I can't remember if it's ghost ride or or switch hand signals uh, retirement rally. But I mean, that's you know, like so they were at that point there were clubs who came into Moped Army and retired when yeah. we got into it. You know, there were rallies. It's nothing like today. It was like there were like four or five rallies over the in the whole country yeah but but there were yeah not moped barbecues but actual moped army rallies so let me ask you this then uh what was your first rally you went to i i I know they were the same year it was either ghost ride like two or three or the switch shs switch hand signals were an older official gang from pittsburgh okay um and we went to both those rallies that year. And, you know, you're talking again, this is like 11 years ago. So I can't, I can't remember which one it was, but they both stick in my mind so much. I mean, I met, uh, at that time we weren't the zeros. We were, there's a small group called the villains mm-hmm. and going to ghost ride and going to 
switch hand signals. I met some uh, older guys like Simon Early of the Ghost Riders. And, you know, he was so kind to us because, like, we're just like kids. We're drunk in a park. We're like, we don't know where to go. We're yeah. going to sleep in the back of our truck, you know? <laughs> like, clearly, he's, like, carrying us home. He's like, come, here's a bed, you know? <laughs> like, uh, awesome. really showing us what, what mopeds were about and, like, how you should be really – you know, it's about a community and being kind to people. I know that sounds cheesy, but like, oh, dude, that's rad. Club. We were kind of in a cool kids club at the time, and we're like, you know what? Like, that's not really for us, and that's why the villains kind of went separate ways. Some people went and joined other clubs, and we became the zeros, the ones who stayed. Okay. And um, that first, those first two rallies were like what completely influenced that. Like just learning what it is to be part of the community. Like, they are the coolest things, man. They blew my mind. <laughs> yeah yeah dude that's rad and it's always um that that first rally experience is always awesome when you get somebody who's and i come to find out these people were older people in the moped scene but like they're, they're just randomly nice to you and they're like do you need a drink do you need this so it's like dude this fucking rad like it's it's hospice it's hospitality that should be everywhere in life um that's yeah. So you're you talk about the zeros kind of forming. What a how did you get the name? Um, uh, so eight. the zeros were founded by uh, myself, uh, Brian Barons, David Lewinsky, and Chris Karsten. And we didn't really know. You know, we we like got this little garage, and all of a sudden we're like, hey, we're kind of a club. What should we call ourselves? And and Chris is like, how about how about like the zeros? Like, well, well, like the airplanes? He's like, well, not really. More like, you know, we don't show up too often. We're usually kind of drunk. No one finishes anything. Uh, <laughs> we always wind up crashing on golf courses on shop nights. Like, you know, it's a, it's an appropriate name. Yeah. It's stuck. <laughs> right on, right on. Um, you got you talk about shops, but you guys have a fucking reputation for having some pretty epic shops like you got and not to jump too far into the story right now but like talk about like the is real estate just dirt cheap out where you're from or like do you guys just have really good luck like you don't need to throw financials by any means but like you guys went that just shows the solidarity of your club that you guys can support a shop space that you have and had before yeah i mean it was kind of a natural progression. Like, um, you know, like I said, we, we got into mopeds and we're in college. Right. So we all live in like shithole houses with like six people. Oh, that's a closet. That's a room, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, and you know, we, we didn't have a garage or anything. And, and as I mentioned earlier, my, my dad, uh, bought and sold, sold houses. So okay. he had this, uh, apart, like four unit apartment building, kind of in between my college and like where I live, you know, you're talking like a mile away from campus. Mm -hmm. So like he didn't let the renters use the garage and they had this like three and a half car garage and it was literally full of paint cans. Like he would paint <laughs> half an apartment. Then they'd be like, I'll use this someday. And he'd put oh it yeah. Like it, it was more paint cans I've ever seen in my entire life. They're all ruined. <laughs> and they, I was like, dad, can I put my mopeds in here? And he's like, yeah, sure. Like move some paint cans. So <laughs> this three car garage three and a half car garage has like a 10 by 10 foot square that isn't paint cans and we started putting our mopeds in there and then we started cleaning it and getting rid of all the junk in there and you know we only had to pay them a couple bucks a month like we paid for our electricity and mm -hmm. and uh and whatever and and we just found that like you know it's fun to go to your friend's house and wrench in the garage but 
if you have a central location, it really pulls everyone together and mm -hmm. like, okay, it's shop days or Sundays and Wednesdays. Like, all right, go to the shop. Well, I'll meet at the shop. Yep. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was, we, it is also that, that real estate is kind of cheap here. Toledo is an awesome city. Um, but it is, it, you know, it's the Midwest. It's post-industrial. So yep. there's, there's a lot of big empty spaces, uh, and and that's you know so like we had that place and we were in college and it was awesome and we started growing and we were like hyper organized it's always a joke that we're like the shelf gang we always build moped shelves nice. and like we would hang mopeds from the ceiling because instead of benches safe space we would hang them from the rafters we used to call it moped sex wings you just hang your <laughs> moped and work on it and and as we got more people, and particularly we have a lot of women in our group, and they're mm -hmm. like, yo, um, we can't pee behind this garage like you can. Like, <laughs> you know, so then, you know, we start graduating from college and getting bigger and like, okay, well, maybe we can afford something nicer. And that was about the time when I had the zeros kind of, I don't want to say came to an end, but like um, people kind of, they kind of left, not in any bad way, like. David has a family and Brian has like, I think seven children. Now he's still one of my close friends. That number is obviously outrageous for anyone who doesn't know, but he has a lot of kids. It's, it's you know. 15, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so they kind of went their own way and it was, it was that point. It's just me and Cody Frush in that garage. And I helped uh, MCR get started and they had this amazing space. And, and, you know, as the zero started coming back, we started getting more people into mopeds here. It's like, you know, I think that we can do, something bigger and better and and again with women not wanting to pee behind the garage i'm sure yeah. if you ever talked to some of the zeros ladies like <laughs> yeah that sucked uh, <laughs> i started dating my now wife and she moved down here and that was like the final straw she's like i'm not pissing in that fucking bucket anymore in this shop like so maybe we, we clean it once a week whether it needs it or not i mean come on now well you know we put we put straw on it and stuff and the guys <laughs> peed behind the garage it was an adventure you know we were like 25 and just yeah. a bunch of drunk punks it was awesome yeah. it was, it was, i wouldn't trade it for anything i wouldn't not nah, dude in the world. but um, i say yeah, i still dude. have a female friend in mopeds that she'll pop a squat anywhere we almost got in trouble and i will not throw her under the bus but it was in a major city <laughs> and we thought this place was closed and she was popping a squat in an entryway and i looked to my left and i'm like there's a fucking person eating food at the table. We have to leave right now. We ran. Out. <laughs> yeah. Dude, hey, man, we'll too. yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm like, okay, rock and roll. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. So, yeah. So we got, we got our second shop, uh, which was really a fun place. It had a go-kart track in the back. Dude, that, that makes we me so restored. Happy. That makes me so uh, Yeah. We like, there was just this field behind. We're like, I think there's cement back there. And we start digging it out. And there was this like, you know, it wasn't just a loop. Like it was like a GP track and nice dude. We had a rally van and we went back there with the van and hooked a generator up and like power washed it off and cleaned it. We used to do races back there. Oh dude. Like it was really, all the it was moped really GP guys now are like drooling as they hear those like, what happened? yeah, it's still there. And, uh, you know, we like pretty, we were still pretty new in mopeds at that point. So like, you know, we were having fun with it, but like for insurance purposes, we couldn't yeah really let a lot of people back there so <laughs> it was kind of on the outskirts of town and we had this idea in our head that when we got the shop we're like yeah if we get a place with like one big room and like a bunch of rooms like 
we'll make this one for welding and this one for grinding and this for that and this for bicycles. And like, what it really turns out is that everyone wants to be in the same room together. Mm -hmm. So that, so we got, we kind of, we, we moved on from that shop and got our, this big warehouse, which was downtown, which is where we all live. It was like 2,200 square feet. And it was just a shithole building that happened to have this little warehouse in the back. And, and we rented that, we rented that for like, we were our first shop for five years, two years at the middle one. And then uh, three years, a little over three years over there. And now, and I'm sure we'll get to it later, that we've just, uh, my wife and I, through the Zeros LLC, just bought a building for the club. Now, you're talking some long progressions here, which is rad as hell. Like, and they're, he and you talked, you touched on a little bit, a little bit of the growing pains of the Zeros where people left, you know, life happens, you know, people get married, people have kids, people get jobs at, you know, different schedules or whatever. Um, are you guys MA official at this point? Or like, did you? Yeah. Yeah. We're an official gang. Uh, we've been official for. And I meant like back at your first shop, like what, at what point did you guys decide to become an official gang? Because I know it's a big deal for some, some gangs and some gangs like, dude, that's just not us. Like, and I'm not here to just one way or the other, but like you guys were very involved in MA early on in your, moped lives it sounds like so like what Absolutely. made that decision what went behind that decision i guess is my question um it took us a while to decide that we were like you know expect like as i referenced earlier when i'm talking about those you know those those previous older gangs like really looking up to them i was in my opinion especially more so then it's like when you go out for ma you need to be ready like you need to have an established club and be ready to be helpful to the community and mm -hmm. do these good, be able to pass on the things that those older guys did for me that were so helpful to me. And really, I mean, really it shaped my life. My whole life is, is revolves around mopeds. I met my wife through them, you know? So, so when we were thinking about going out for MA, we wanted to make sure that we were, we were solid. So um, we didn't apply for moped army until I want to say we had been around for like six, seven years. Okay. Probably about, probably about six years. Um, and we didn't get in the first time, but we did get uh sixty-nine percent yes vote. So we were totally cool with that. Uh yeah. <laughs> dude, that's not a bad reject in a reject. Yeah. Like, all right, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like we didn't make it in Mofet Army, but you know, nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh so yeah, you know, we, we we took the advice we were given in our review thread and mostly at that point it was just like there used to be this uh like the West Coast block, like the just vote no. Mm -hmm. And that sounds kind of like a without context it sounds kind of dickish but really it was just like gangs shouldn't get in their first year like yep. they should apply and, and and get a good experience from it and if they felt it was a good experience to do that they'll come back the next year and get in and that's what we did and we got in with like 94 percent yes vote or like 92 like it was it was super high yeah, yeah. and it was a great 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 getting in and uh you know it, it it's had its ups and downs but i still very much believe in it especially and maybe we'll talk about it later with all the, the Facebook groups and stuff popping up that I'm still a huge proponent of Moped Army. Yeah. And, and, uh, and I I'm, it's a great thing. It is, it is a very great thing and can be a very positive thing. I'm, yeah. Um, you talk about, and I love, I'm, again, I love organization. It doesn't look like it in my life, but I love organization, LLCs. I've set up nonprofits. It's not that hard. Like, at least my experience is not that hard through, um, what made you guys decide to become not a 
business per se, but you had to set up some form of business. Like what decision went into that? Like with you talking about renting spaces, getting shops, blah, blah, blah. Like it's well, we're pretty new to the LLC world. Okay. Uh, we've only been an LLC for like a little under a year. I want to mm-hmm. say it's like November, 2019. And it really was just like done. So we'd be ready for when we wanted to buy a building. But really, I mean, it was like, you know, we had that first shop and I rented it for my dad. So there wasn't anything too formal. You know, I, I was lucky in that respect, but I mean, you know, we paid market value or whatever. And then yep. when we got the South shop, uh, again, I was my, dating my now wife then, and she's into mopeds and we both at that point, were like just out of college and we had pretty good jobs. So we're like, you know, we have enough members where we can, we can make this happen. Um, but like, we took on a lot of the burden, a lot of the responsibility. So we rented that shop in just our personal name. Mm-hmm. We didn't have anything, you know, we're like college kids. Like when we moved in together, it was like, do you want to keep your futon or mine? Yeah. yeah. So like assets weren't really a thing. Um, and then as we, the club started becoming self-sustaining, we started making like, I don't want to say a profit, but like we had what we called our slush fund. We were taking in more than we were putting out at a certain point later. Mm-hmm. And, and then we got our last shop, which we also rented in our name. And at that point, like we got married and like, we bought a house, like, you know, if something were to happen and Mm -hmm. it just so happens that we throw insane rallies and like people get wild and it's a great time. And if something were to happen and they could technically sue us yep. now, it's not like here, have my student loan. Like you have a house. Yeah. yeah. So we, we did the LLC. You guys did the adult is what he, I mean, eventually you have to look at the big picture and like, that's, fucking rad and really response like i'll give you yeah yeah i have to i have to think about the future of like my pig like she might go to college someday you never know yeah yeah i mean (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) i was it's late at night i i almost had a joke i'm gonna pull that one back um (laughs) (laughs) i do i do have a pit i have a mini pig named bella i've I've heard i've heard of i've heard of (laughs) no no no. i i I put (laughs) there's not too many moped pigs in the moped world there's two i knew of yours is one i've never seen bella but i've seen the other one thomas and ashley's down in richmond and i dig yeah yeah they have like an outside yeah like bella lives in the house with our three dogs and our cats like she's on the couch right now upstairs dude that's so (laughs) awesome um and like my adds i just noticed you have a old nes on your council anyways i gotta stay focused on oh yeah um, sorry you're in my dungeon so this might dude right that's that's rad i gotta recommend possibly a youtube show when we're done um but so you guys are you guys are growing as a club and like we're all over the place but whatever i don't care um you're doing rallies you're you've got an awesome shop space um and i don't need to get into your club's business at all I, i've got five thousand questions about that i gotta ask you later but What's you guys, I expect you guys throw great rallies. And like, that's one thing I love about, especially new people like myself, I'm learning about different clubs and different things. Like what was your guys's first rally that you threw? Like, what was it? Did you do a theme or did you just do a city ride? Like, could you you walk me through that? Our first rally was, um, our first official rally of the zeros was, uh what's the name of it i think i don't think it aged well i'm trying to think of the name of it it was uh zeros love you long time you Dude, it's all right like... yeah you know 
that didn't, did, you know, we were all like 22, like, it's funny. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we, you know, at that point, we had been to Kalamazoo. Uh, we've been to the Ghost Riders. We've been to Pittsburgh. We've been to some of our members who went to Chicago. Like, we've been to a bunch of rallies. So, and we had the shop, which was nice. Um, so we're able to have a central location. So like we threw like a full on rally, you know, it wasn't like, Hey, come here on a Saturday, do a ride. We'll go to a bar. Then, you know, fend for yourself. Like we, again, I, I, I know I always, I, I always go back to this, but I always think of Simon early and how kind he was to us at that mm-hmm. first rally, like gave us a place to stay, made sure we ate, you know, <laughs> like, like, yeah, you know? And so that was our, he, he influenced so much of how we treated our guests. We're like, we need to make sure everyone's got a good place to stay. They're safe. Like we at least feed them breakfast, maybe get them some pizza, you know? So we, our houses were all kind of around the shop at that time. So we'd everyone stay at our houses. We meet at the shop and then we do a big city ride, uh, take them all through the city, take them to bars. We enjoy, you know, show them the things we like. Toledo, uh, is on Lake Erie. Like there's, it's a, it's kind of a little gem in the Midwest. Uh, so, you know, we take them around the city, show them a good time. And it was, it was a ton of fun. Um, our rallies today are truthfully not much different than they were then. It, they, except for that we have a bigger shop so everyone can stay there now. Right on, right on. Um, so yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. What was your, at this point, I'm kind of jumping all over. I'm tired. Did I mention that? Um, (laughs) well, no, I just, so much stuff's going on at work and, but what early on, you talked about that one rally that Simon really helped you guys out at. Like, what is your most memorable for good memories rally you've ever been to? Yeah. I don't think I have a bad rally. I, I, even at rallies, I'm like, that rally sucked. I had a great fucking time. Yeah. Oh, and that's a, that's a total point to anybody new in mopeds. Like I will be for this one to say like the Tampa rally wasn't fucking good. It was like 30 miles at that, but it's just back to that whole theory. If you like bring 15 cool people anywhere, anywhere can be good and that's kind of what happened there just happened to be like 80 cool people there so like it was fun because of that but like the actual rally was like 35 miles riding around tampa and that you yeah know. i mean yeah we've been to some some shitholes like we we always joke that like half the time the zeros go to a rally there's more zeros there than there are members of the hosting gang <laughs> so you know we always we always have a good time um that's how many members are there in the zeros right now then there's uh, like 15 of us here in Toledo, and then we have like some scouts and some full members who live in other cities. Like uh, one of our members, Matt, he recently moved to Arizona. He's going to be moving back to the Midwest shortly. And then we have another member, Elliot, who lives in Columbus. Like they're full members mm-hmm. uh, who, who moved but are still full members. And then we have scouts uh, as well who are just in other random cities. But, you know, we've got about 20, uh, 20 members or so. That are like, you know, your core, like, like right now, I mean, people aren't gonna be able to see this, but I've got 50 missed messages from our, our group chat, like just from the time we've been talking. Oh, wow. Like, yeah, we're, we're, we're very close. Uh, Dude, very, that's very close. So that's awesome. There's a lot of us. <laughs> okay. No. So best rally, best rally moment. This is like a really early rally. And I know I said, this is like my first year, but I think this is what cemented it for me. And then when I think of mopeds and like absolute joy that they brought to my life is when we were in Pittsburgh, we were in the SHS rally. There used to be, it's, it's closed now. There used to be this tunnel that was like an old, old tunnel, like 1800s. They, you know, drilled through the, the mountain. Mm-hmm. There's a railroad at the time and then it became a road. And 
and I was riding this shitty maxi that had no business being in this on these hills. <laughs> and we, they took us to this tunnel where you can't see the end of it. So you're hearing nothing but expansion chambers and it's dark. And I'm like, I don't know if this piece of shit's going to get to the other end of this tunnel. Yeah. Yeah. And the city, piece, shitty six volt light. Yeah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the city comes into view and it's just, you're looking down on the city of Pittsburgh, which is a beautiful city mm-hmm. besides the Pittsburgh Steelers. Fuck them. The Browns have to beat them this weekend. But <laughs> um, you know, this beautiful city, all these lights and you're coming out of this cave essentially. And it's just like, this is the coolest goddamn thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, yeah. You know? And at that point I, I traveled out of the U S plenty. Like I, I'd been around and I was like, like, this is it. What, mm-hmm. what else? I, what else in life could be, more of an adventure than this moment and, and seeing that and there were fireworks going off because there was like some sports thing happening <laughs> and it, it's just like a it was it was the most it was it was incredible it was incredible um and that was that was definitely my my it might not be my best rally moment memory but it's definitely my most poignant yeah, yeah. always when i think about it comes to mind what's your biggest rally not a rally you hosted because i realize like being a host party to any rally is everybody's running around everywhere but like what's the biggest disaster like looking back at it like fuck like one of one of the zeros like as we resurged one of our like resurgent rallies like my house got set on fire there was a room that we turned into a knife throwing room and that all sounds like chaos but it was like one of the best nights of my life Yeah, yeah uh so so i can't say that we've had a bad time in any of our rallies but um we went to one rally where like it rained and they didn't have any place for anyone to stay. Oh. And their their gang just like left. But there were like ten zeros there and and they uh they left a kiddie pool full of booze and a bunch of fireworks. Oh shit. They dude. just left. They like, just, they're like, We'll see you guys like the hosting gang was just gone and there's like there's like ten of us sitting there. There's probably like twenty people at the rally and ten of them are zeros. We're like, Fuck it, we got booze and fireworks. Let's have a great time and Yeah, yeah. You know, it was a disaster that we turned into a good situation. But I don't know. I guess that was probably the worst one. And, man, they were pissed when they came back. But I don't know what they expected. So. Well, dude, you don't <laughs> let fucking, like, from my experience, like, mopeders are, like, a lot of them are, like, ex-punk kids anyways. Like, you don't fucking let moped people alone with fireworks and booze. Like, something's getting fucked up. Like, <sighs> it was it was fun, man. It was Dude, and one of oh, our yeah. scouts was, like, the, the wildest. And he's, like. He was like 65. He's out partying everyone, having a great time, but shooting off mortars in the middle of a downtown area. Fuck yeah, I, dude. I don't know. I mean, like I said, I, I I can't I can't really say I've ever had a bad. I've definitely been like there's points from like this it's miserable this moment, but like overall, I I can't look back at any any rally I've ever been to and I'm like that sucked. Like mm-hmm. I wouldn't do that again. Like I would go I would go back to any of those in a heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. Let me ask you this: What's your what's your bike of choice? Oh, right now I'm I'm hard on the French bikes, but if mm-hmm. I had to pick pick my favorite motor, my favorite bike would definitely just be a basic ass V1 Motron. Okay. Best motor, simple frame, perfect perfect bike. Now, how come? For me, I just I first bike was a Honda, so like I've I've just been variated in Honda the whole time. Um, how come? How come you fell in love with those bikes? Well, first off, I live in Toledo. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very flat. There is one <laughs> hill, yeah, and we made it. We, <laughs> we made, we've created it. So that's not really a big deal. But man, v, V1s, I've taken on every every variated bike, and I can I can rip 
harder, faster than any of those bikes. And particularly with the Hobbits, like you mentioned, Ohio's a 20 mile an hour state. So we have all the fucking P-851s. Yeah. All of them. <laughs> so those weren't really huge on the docket for me, but um, yeah, I, I just love that bike. They have tough motors. They're, they're uh, great cylinders available for them. The best stock clutch, just a myriad of options for them. They're so fast and so much fun. And like I said, my, my French bikes are probably a little faster and definitely quicker off the line. But like when it comes to, you know, knock down, drag out, holding it wide open through a rally and just being like, whatever, if it dies, it dies. Mm-hmm. My cast iron V1 is going to go through the lake and yeah. not give a shit. <laughs> now, do you want to backtrack a little bit and explain what the 20 mile an hour state thing means? Oh, yeah. So, you know, every state has their different variations of what a moped is. Um, Ohio, a moped is not considered a motorized vehicle. Mm-hmm. You know, when you see the one horsepower, the 1.5 and the, and the two horsepower models, you know, 20, 25, 30 mile an hour variations. In Ohio, a moped is only allowed to be one horsepower and go 20 miles an hour because it's not considered a motorized vehicle. It's considered a helper motor. It's chiefly a bicycle that you mm-hmm. can rely on a motor to help your pedaling. So okay. mo- mopeds in Ohio up until like, I want to say three or four years ago, they had to be on this list. They had to be pedals. Like yep. if, you look at, if you look at a Tomos, for instance, um, the old Tomos were the A3s, right? And the A3 was on our moped list, the Tomos A3, A3 SL. When they came out the A35, it was the A35 SL. You couldn't register those as mopeds in Ohio in the first year they came out in 95 or 94. So if you go and look at your VINs or your actual, what the mopeds are called, like a, even a Targa, it will still say it is an A3 SL if it's a 96 or on. So that way it could be registered in Ohio because it fit the moped list. Oh, wow. So, you know, with that, we got a lot of the 20 mile an hour mopeds, which is no big deal. If you got a Pook, throw a bigger cylinder on it, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, you got the 20 mile an hour V1, no big deal. But you know, the hobbits have the proprietary yeah. reed cylinder variator. I was just, ex- <laughs> I was showing a guy in my shop the other night, like he's big in the French game. He's doing like stage six on uh, his Peugeot. And like I showed, I'm like, yep, this is a P P a one reed block right there. He's like, Oh, huh? I, I understand. I'm like, yeah, I just hold it here as a bench weight, basically, because it's pretty much fucking worthless. But yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah and when you're and when you're in college and, and younger with it, too, it's not like you can just like, oh, just buy a TJT and then you crank. Uh, yeah. you know? <laughs> New cylinder. Like there's a yeah. Honda really did a good job of like when they decided to make a different motor, they really they basically made a different motor. It's just. The engineering oh, yeah. they went into that to slow I mean, it's, it down. It's, it's the most Japanese thing. Like I, I'm, I when I ride, when I got into motorcycles, I rode Japanese big fours, and the term Jap bike is a term of endearment. So if that slips out of my mouth, it's not a bad thing. Okay. In the motorcycle community, it's a big plus. So, yeah. You know, when they engineer something, they at Japanese companies, man, they go to the teeth. You know, that, like if they're gonna do it, they're gonna do it to the nth extent and make it the best of the best if that if going slow is the best of the best they're gonna go slow the best mm-hmm. <laughs> and they sure did it with those p51s yeah which is hilarious because they engineered everything but they built them in holland which was still hilarious <laughs> still hilarious to me um and the owner of honda hated two cycles anyway oh i hated hated two strokes hey yeah hated them um but you talked about like your love of French bikes and a little differences. Why don't you, you guys 
I'm trying to get a segue into your YouTube channel a little bit here. Like what made you decide to get into that? I'm all about moped content. Anybody wants to do a podcast, anybody wants to do a YouTube channel. Like I'm fucking thumbs up rock and roll. Uh, well, the YouTube channel was just kind of a natural progression of things as this is going to go into other tangents as well. I suppose. Sorry. No, as, people started, as, as the Facebook group started to come into prevalence um, and people started kind of move away from moped army. I was looking at that. I'm like, you know, these groups are great and people are very helpful, but they, I knew what is happening now with those Facebook groups, what happened then? Like, yes, people answer what jet to put in your bike turbo when lovers of Tomas is new, but now you're going to get 9 million comments that are useless. And the difference mm-hmm. between Facebook and moped army, and this is where YouTube comes in is that Facebook, a post is gone. You can't find that post. It's in the wind. Moped Army has the ability to archive things. And I'm like, okay, well, people aren't really using Moped Army as much. What are the advantages of Facebook? It's the instant interaction and the very personal interaction you get. You're not, you're usually, you, you see a face, you see an actual name, not a, you know, a logo and, a, a, you know, your, your little scrolled out name. So the YouTube was like, okay, we can make a thing that people can archive, they can reference, they can use this to find answers to questions and it will still be here. And we're kind of modernizing ourselves into the YouTube channel. And also I used to be a pretty big skateboarder. Um, I was flowed by some companies back in the day. So mm-hmm. like, you know, it was really big into editing. I'm like, oh, I can still do all that stuff. Sure, it's not a high eight camera anymore, but like editing is still the same. Yeah, yeah. So, so we wanted to bring in all those different things I was familiar with, all my, my film experience from skateboarding and the, the greatness of Moped Army to be able to reference things, to have an archive, mm-hmm. you know, and to bypass the cesspool that is social media <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, to, to, to form our YouTube channel. And a lot of people are asking for it, too. They're like, oh, you know, we see these pictures. You have this big shop, like do something cool. Or like, I thought this case of hams and this motive can was pretty cool. Now we can share it with everybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Shout out St. Paul on that one. I live about three miles from the original Ham's Brewery, P.S. So, yeah. Lucky man. (laughs) Well, they don't brew it there anymore, but there is a brewery in there now again, which is awesome. They're redoing something. Like, if you guys ever come up to Minnesota for a rally, I'll take take you on a rip by. It's like somebody fucked up big time because, like, this is a mass of buildings. This was all being done. It's like, how did you guys fuck this up? Like it, but whatever. That's nor here nor well, there. Out, they they sponsored one of our rallies, so hey, dude, gotta, gotta give a shout out to Hams. Oh yeah, dude, <laughs> love 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 the from the land of sky blue waters. Yeah. Um, so, what is your? What are you focusing on your YouTube channel? Like I've had Travis uh to Travis a Travis tutorial on this, and like his thing at first was like you know, Pookie fifties. And then it was, you know, some sack stuff and he's kind of dabbled more into hobbits. Like what is kind of, is it just overall moped knowledge or is it like stuff people haven't done? It was kind of a transition. Honestly, at first it was just like, our videos are literally called like, what's up at the shop. You've got 10 people wrenching on different bikes. So like I would just, I do a little intro at the beginning because it'd literally be like, okay, well this video takes course, uh, takes place during, the, the you know june of 2016 this is just what's going on in the shop this month 
Mm-hmm. So in the course of a month, when you got 10 people wrenching really hard or 10 or 15 people, you know, uh, you can get an E50 rebuild in there, an E35. Oh, this is how to t- tune a piston for Derby. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so I just, I just literally filmed what we were doing that week and it kind of got bigger and people would ask questions and we had other segments and it got to the point where like our videos were like an hour to two hours long. And um, someone on Facebook, or not Facebook, on MA was like, dude, I love your videos, but like, I don't have time to watch an hour movie. I can't watch you guys drunk in the shop for two hours. Like that is fair. So we started doing little like segments uh, where we do like five to 20 minute videos where people request, uh, ask us things and I'll go, I'll rebuild with a certain motor they ask for or like whatever. Um, so yeah, it's just kind of evolving and we always like to get our rides in and we'll, we'll film some of the rides we do and I'll cut it off and make a montage and, you know, get taken down by some song that was in the background by a copyright of YouTube or, you know, have a little fun with it. Yeah, it's really yeah. just a goofy thing on the side. Uh, I have a lot of spare time. I work for the library. They don't even know that I have a lot of spare time, but, you know, work can be slow sometimes. So, yeah. <laughs> um, I was going to ask you uh, what in the progression of your YouTube channel, what has been like your proudest moment of that? Like, where something kind of all came together is like, God, this is, it's not, nobody's like, I'm not saying like, you're not, I'm proud of all my work I've done on, on the podcast. Like even that first couple episodes where it was really shaky and I was just talking all the damn time and stepping over guests, which I'm doing currently right now. No, no. But like, what is the most, like, is it each and every episode? Like that's my proud moment right now. You yeah, know what you I'm trying I, as long as I can look at it and, and like have fun with it and just get to have people be like, Hey, that was cool. Like, that's it. You know, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not out here trying to get likes or, or be popular. You know, there's plenty of people who don't particularly love us. Uh, you know, that's how it goes over the course of being around for so long. Exactly. Uh, but no, it's, it's, it's fun for me. It's like, it's a new adventure. It's a new skill uh, mm-hmm. or maybe an old skill that I missed and I've gotten better at, you know, it's, it's just, it's just fun. And, at, at our shop we don't really well sometimes we play music but a lot of times we just watch old vhs movies like <laughs> you know happy gilmore gets played like we're going to be opening a blockbuster soon in our shop <laughs> trust me that'll make sense when the instagram post comes out a couple weeks from now but uh yes yeah, so we play old movies so like the joke is like i would i'd film these in like 4k and 60 frames per second on a gopro and, and edit it really professionally and then i'd play it back and put it on the vhs like i got it i got a converter you know to downgrade it to like 240 and like you know so we just like we were hanging out of the shop and we we're like man it's raining hey let's watch our, our ride a month ago and throw in that vhs and skip to that part of the video and um yeah it's just it's just it's just fun it's fun you know if the members of my club can watch it be like oh man that that really makes me happy to see everyone having a good time then I'm like ah, that's enough for me that's, yeah, yeah. fun that, that's <laughs> that's rad um what what was the progression from you guys renting your last space to buying? Because it sounds like you guys bought the space here or purchased the space you're in now. Yes. Um, how did that all come about? That's fucking rat. I think that's deep down inside, at least mopeders like myself, like I can't say that because I'm not in a club. Like I always think like if you're again, speaking out of my ass, that that should almost be every club's goal is to have your own club house that you own and then you don't you're not scrambling every twelve months for a new place. 
yeah well one man moving sucks moving yeah i with the, how many bikes do you guys have like um, you guys have an insane it was close to bikes. it was close to 200 bikes when Jesus we moved Christ. but i mean you know that's like 25 people's bikes yeah you know so if each person has 10 bikes well, <laughs> i was gonna 150 yeah. bikes you know <laughs> and even like our scouts and out-of-town guys like they have bikes at the shop and and some friends from around here have bikes at the shop and yeah there's just there's a lot but it was like you know as i was saying as as i was talking about earlier with our progression of shops where like the our second shop where we actually were really paying money for it like sarah and i were kind of floating about half the bills for that shop and then mm-hmm. as we got more members and and it started to be like, well, we're, we're taking in X amount of money, but it only costs a single X to pay the bills. So we, we started getting a slush fund and we use that for rallies and it wasn't a huge amount of money. And again, I don't want to put our numbers out there, but you know, it's no, the no. buildings, buildings aren't terribly expensive. So you're like, you know, you buy a house, right? Like you buy a $50,000 house. You only have to put a thousand dollars down. Like how much can it be to buy a commercial building? Turns out it's a lot fucking more, um, yeah. but you know, <laughs> Sarah has a good job. She has a better job than me. I have a good job. Like we have members with good jobs. We can pull our resources together and not throw that money away every month mm-hmm. um, and have it be our own space. We're not worried about waking up to a landlord, you know, like it smells like gas in this, you know, dilapidated building. You somehow call a home. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it does. But you know, so yeah, Sarah and I had the resources and we had some help from a couple of the club members and, and we, we found, We've been looking for a building for like a year. It turns out that it is extraordinarily hard to give people money who want money. Like, like <laughs> you have an item for sale. I have the money. Let's make this happen. There's a thousand roadblocks in between those two two people coming together and giving <laughs> each other money. One taking and one giving. Like Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like we, we bought a we almost bought a church. Like that was gonna be awesome. That was gonna be so cool. I mean our new building's even better, but like we were gonna buy a church. Yeah. We buy a fucking church. Like, oh yeah. that's great. And like they wanted X amount of money. I had that money, but then they just stopped answering emails and the building's still for sale and no one knows why, you know, just, it was just bullshit. So we finally found the right place. Um, it was an old motorcycle shop, a machine shop before that. I happened to know the owner. Nice. Things finally clicked. And, yeah. Yeah. And that probably yeah, worked out better, better in the long run because it's probably actually wired for like 220 and. Oh shit. We yeah, have, we've got three phase. We have, yeah, yeah. we have two. Yeah. We have, we have a sandblasting cabinet now. We have um, air ran through it for air tools. Like, yeah. So you got that new shop, dude. That's fucking awesome. It was an old motorcycle shop because we all know motorcycle guys wish they'd ride mopeds, but you know, whatever. As I do both, I can say yeah. that that is true. Um, yeah, but it's, it's wired for three phase, so we've got uh, two big air compressors. So the whole shop has uh, air tool availability. We have a sandblaster. Um, our prospect is buying a powder coating oven from tony cruz so we're gonna have uh powder coating abilities like awesome uh, we have a one of our guys used to be a professional welder and there happens to be a really nice welder i think it's a tig that's probably the wrong thing you know uh, yeah but he can weld aluminum everything with it dude that's awesome um that's yeah, a, that's so the worst some, like crazy stuff to come out of there that not to interrupt you but that's the worst when people find out you can weld aluminum in the moped world I'm not saying I can weld aluminum. I cannot weld aluminum. Everybody who listens to this, I cannot weld aluminum. Um, because then all you get is people saying, could you weld this for me, this and this? And like, yeah, certain skills I keep hush-hush. But did I mention I cannot <laughs> yeah, weld aluminum? Cool 
Yeah, ask Jake Kane how. So you can cannot. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I want the weld wizard do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jake Kane's the best welder in the world. You should hit him up and like talk about your home shops all the time, everyone, because he loves. No, to Jake about... and I were. Uh, he, I he love commented Jake, on dude. something the other day. Yeah, Jake's a character, but he he had this post like a week ago, and I was I was talking to Facebook being successful, and I'm referencing him. He's like. Oh, I hate it when people call their spot the shop. Like it's yep. so dumb. It's just a garage with a couple of wrenches. That's not a shop. Yep. And then I posted some photos of our new spot. And he's like, "Dude, I'm so jealous of your shop." And he <laughs> so he said shop, and I was like, "Fuck yeah, Jake Kane called it a shop. We're serious now. We got yeah, Jake yeah. <laughs> I mean, Jake said it's a shop, so it's got to be church, right? You know? Yeah, I'm exactly. Like, I'm like, well, this man is a goddamn wizard. Yeah. So... I mean. <laughs> I, I've never seen him I, wear I a wizard to... hat, but I mean, I I wonder if Jake will ever bring out his wizard hat because he is a he should a all the time. Yeah, if not, He's I should just carry hat. one just to give to Jake. Yeah, you should, man. I one time I commented on one of his posts and gave him advice on a Tomos, and then I was like, oh fuck, this was a post by Jake. <laughs> My comment is worthless. <laughs> 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 He's, he's, he's a phenomenal builder. Great guy, yeah. too. Oh, yeah. Jake, Jake's good action. I love Jake. Like, he get, yeah. he, he busts my chops, and I, I I can get a little knee-jerk reaction sometimes with people. So if you ever – if I ever give – yeah, whatever. Back to you in your new shop. Um, So you were talking about your uh, club that loved to build shelves and benches, and, oh, my God, like, you guys have some really high benches going on in there what is up with that like i saw somebody they're like you mean our, our shelves yeah was is that a shelf okay because that makes more oh, sense oh, oh you see some of the pictures of the new shop yeah because like it was like almost rib cage height yeah and no like... those were there there were like uh 12 of those they were in okay. the building and we were getting rid of them okay because we we don't um one thing i was you know we're with with shops, one thing I learned, um, MCR, we had the old Nasty Yacht Club, which was a fucking kick-ass shop. Yeah, but dude, I heard member, so much about that. ton of fun. But every member had their bench area, and they'd also have a fixed, uh, their, their you know, bench, not just their tools, mm-hmm. but like their bench. And, you know, it's a it's a Moped Wednesday, or a Moped Monday for them, and, and half the club's there. But even the club members who aren't there are still utilizing the space because they have their areas you know mm-hmm. so when we got moving from the moped sex wings we do these small rolling benches they're like a foot and a half high they're all on wheels and you can keep them everyone at the shop has their own part shelf mm-hmm. so you can keep them tucked in next to your shelf so that we have a huge utilization of the space like even yeah. if you have less space it seems bigger because if jared isn't there his bench is an hour mm-hmm. so he's no you know he's not occupying space when he's not there so it really allows us to do a lot more um, work when we're when we are wrenching on bikes and still all be in the same room and still have fun together, uh, so that we're not like, you know, isolated in our own little areas and stuff. Yeah. So we we do we do these small little rolling benches. Everyone has one. They're all over the shop. If you look at some of the pictures, there's a giant uh, uh, representation of a penis that is the <laughs> uh, bottom of Matt Brand's shelf. <laughs> that's one of our. That's one of our. That's one of our rolling benches. <laughs> That's fucking, that makes me so happy. Um, you go back to your club a little bit. Do you guys have a set ride night? Cause I know like 
it's not the it's i've been told it's not the casseroler's ride night but it's the casseroler's ride night thursday nights in minneapolis um do you guys have a set ride night in um our shop days are wednesdays and sundays okay and we'll always ride one of those days but it's not like wednesday is eight o'clock meet here it's you know we all get together and usually there's like 60 to 70 percent of the club will come out for both those days the people who can't come out to you because of work or you know something something's going on that day but we're we're pretty full on shop days and we just kind of look outside and look at the weather and if it's a nice day we'll go for a ride if it's mediocre we have a wonderful shop to be inside and it's just as much fun to be wrenching on bikes and being together as it is being outside and riding so we we do have that advantage so we don't have like a dedicated ride day but we do have our dedicated two shop days a week mm-hmm. so one of those days is always a ride when it's nice out yeah and i imagine those are like is it are people kind of free to come and go as they please at the new shop or the old shop or how how was that like if i'm if i'm a well, member of the zeros um, am i able to go into the shop anytime i want oh yeah yeah if you're a member full members have their own shelf um mm-hmm. they can have as many bikes there as they want and on that part shelf you know you all your personal stuff we have uh group tools there's a group toolbox with everything you could think of especially tool drawer that has all the, you know, oh, I don't have a puller for a Vespa, but Reno does. Mm-hmm. Well, Reno needs an Italian clutch puller. I have the, you know, so they're just all in one box. So everyone can access those and you have your own bench. And then there's welders and drill presses and, you know, other group tools. So everyone has a key. And then even even our prospects um, have a key for the shop. And they can't, they have some different rules. They don't have their own benches, but we do have a guest bench for them to use. And there's a prospect shelf where they can keep all their stuff, but it's like all the prospects use that one shelf and, and they can only keep three bikes at a time in the shop. Um, but they still have a key. Like if you're bored on a Tuesday, you're like, yeah, fuck it. I'm going to go hang out with the shop People yeah. do it all the time. That's awesome, dude. And so, that's a really great, that's again, why, like I said earlier, that's in my vision of a moped club, like that should be everybody's aspiration if they're able to in their area, like, because that's a really great way to keep a community together is to have a community shop like that. Um, Before Rona hit, like were you guys planning a rally for 2020 and are you going to be putting one on possibly in 2021? We are going to do one in 2021. We had one planned for 2020. So we threw our 10th rally like 2018. Um, And at that point, you know, we're so close to, Detroit well, in the Midwest in general, like mm-hmm. it's such, it's a blessing and a curse. It's like in the summer you can go to KMR uh, or Kalamazoo, whatever. There's a couple different clubs. Yep. One of them is going to throw a rally. You can always count on the ghost riders to throw a great rally. Uh, MCR throws amazing rallies. And I'm also a retired member of MCR. So I, I hear we throw great rallies, but I'm always working them. So, <laughs> um, you know, you can go to Chicago, you can go to Kentucky, you know, you, you can go to six or eight rallies within, the four hour you know loop mm-hmm. which is awesome but it can also get overwhelming and it's hard at the point where like you know not everyone has the ability to go to so many rallies so like detroit is 45 minutes away from us like if they throw a rally and we throw a rally in a year we probably detract from each other yep and after throwing so many rallies we decided to go every other year yeah so um they threw a rally in 2019 and we didn't and then we were going to throw one in 2020 and then the rona hit yep and they've also bought a new shop and they're kind of rebuilding their club a little bit right now. Uh, Robert and those guys, they're, they're such close friends. They're amazing. I wish I still had the time I had in college to go there as much as I used to be able to. 
Uh, <laughs> but they decided to forego doing their rally this year. And so we're going to, you know, just our 2020 got pushed back, which is no switch. Yeah. So yeah. we are provided we I can safely do it. Everyone go get vaccinated. <laughs> yes. Get in the uh, fucking line, people. We're going like, to throw a rally. And I guess apparently since I was a considered essential worker, like I'm, I wasn't, but like our company got like, we're higher up on the list than like an average bird. I don't know. Like, I think everybody was, I I, I understand. I I'm, I'm one C. So we're right behind healthcare workers because we're front line at the library. So yeah. Uh, Yeah. So we are too. Yeah. Get vaccinated so we can all um, get drunk on stupid little toy bicycles again together. Cause God, I miss it. Yeah, 2020 yeah. was i mean i know it was a rough year for everyone uh, obviously but like for me that was the first time in 12 years that i didn't leave the state and i'm sure that's true for a lot of people but like oh well, six if, to eight rallies a year yeah if you're you know? an idiot like <laughs> me that just was fucking going crazy around the fourth of july fuck it i'm doing a road trip and just went across america um <sighs> and, and i want to point out to everybody you said andy you said uh the the midwest like there's a huge difference between like Minnesota, South Dakota, Iowa, like Nebraska Midwest and like Ohio Midwest. You guys are more like what's considered the rust belt because like, yes, because I hear like two hours or three hours. I'm like, Oh, I'm so fucking jealous of all you guys. Like you guys are, I'm so jealous of all your clubs you have in that area. Cause like, I mean, granted, like things are rad and I still say St. Paul is, a really fucking rad city to ride mopeds in. And like, if you guys ever come to Minnesota for their rally, like I will fucking take you on some rides that are pretty rad. I don't know. Uh, yeah. We're looking, not. we want to go to the casserolers this year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, C- Cody, one of our members, um, he works on pipelines and he was in, uh, he was in, he was hanging out with casseroles for like a year and they were, cause he happened to be, he happened to be stationed there for his mm-hmm. job he had a great time with that. They were really a great host to him. And he, he's always like, you got to go there. And, you know, we want yeah. to, but 2020. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, Andy, you and all the zeros always like, and I got, I got told this by castle rollers. They're really good at hosting people, but anybody who's been on second chance of moped podcast is more than welcome to stay at my house during rally season. I can't guarantee you a bike, but I can guarantee you a basement at least. <laughs> oh man. We, we, um, we typically have a uh, Sarah and I, have our regular vehicles and then we always have the rally van mm-hmm. um so we always have a full-size van and the zeros have a huge trailer like we went to kfc in 2019 with 12 people like we there were more zeros there than their club Dude, same, that's fucking same, no, no offense to them they're great guys uh and, yeah like we went to mopit like that too like it was like the joke that like mm-hmm. you know there was like the five mopit guys and then like 15 zeros standing behind them yeah <laughs> It'll be interesting um, to see you yeah. guys and the uh, whole Richmond crew kind of at a rally together. Cause it'll be like, I'll have to do a count off to see how many people, cause like Richmond, like there's 25 clubs in that town, but like so many clubs. Yeah. yeah. But so it, and I think it's so rad how they intermingle with each other. And like they all end up at Jason's house on like Sundays for barbecues, which is always, a, always a fun time. Um, yeah. I mean the, be- the best part of mopeds are the people. Uh, yeah. hands down so and nobody takes it too serious and the people that do okay <laughs> i mean yeah. that's they don't, they don't last too long <laughs> i mean yeah it's it's fucking just dumb toy machines that we can't get out of our lives um 
let me ask you this what are your 2021 aspirations you talked about throwing a rally um do you do city ride are you thinking city ride or long ride because like me personally i love to fucking ride like i want to go to the rallies that say other than like pinball or baker's dozen like i want to find these rallies that have like 100 mile rides like well, i hear i hear about the old bandit rides at like 100 mile rides like that's what made those yeah, guys legends there, i think there's there's uh there's something to that and i think you know you're you're newer into it and that's mm-hmm. we need more new people we need more new people um but here's the thing i love riding with my club and we do it all the time yep i could go to a moped rally without a moped or with a moped and i'll have just as good of a time yeah yeah because i'm i love seeing the city and the rides are beautiful but if you take me on like a 20 mile ride and i just get to see my friends and have a good time with them that's so yeah. much cooler i'm gonna kiss so many dudes on the mouth this <laughs> next year like my wife's gonna have to get like std tests because <laughs> i'm just like gonna be loving my friends uh this yeah. next year i can't wait and I do, I do, I do understand like that was what I was all about when I was newer. Like I want to just ride and ride and ride. But now I'm like, I want to see the cities and be with all my friends. I don't get to experience in my daily life. Yeah. Um, so like our rides aren't really that long, and we also make sure our rides are very approachable. Like mm-hmm. when we say that our ride speed will be 30 miles an hour, I mean I ride at a bike with a working speedometer, and go 30 miles an hour because we want people to be able to come here. Yep. And have fun. And like you know, there's a time for swinging your dick and showing your fast moped. Yeah. It's not here. Yeah. It's like we're gonna go on a fun ride. I don't want to be looking at my temp gauge. I don't want to worry about, you know, who's going fast or who's stopping quickly because none of us have brake lights or whatever. Or <laughs> signals, you know, like we go uh, 30 miles an hour and we kind of do a hybrid ride. We do a little city. We usually go out of the country. We just like to make sure we're showing them beautiful sights. And the yeah. thing about going through a pretty ride is that it doesn't matter if uh, if you're going if you're going 60 miles an hour through that, you're not going to enjoy it. So when we're riding next to the river through all these curvy, beautiful roads, like you Mm -hmm. can take it all in and enjoy it. And uh, yeah. So, so yeah, we, we're not, you know, usually our rides will last like two to four hours with stops. And then we're back to having fun with everybody. Well, let me rent it out a bowling alley one year and all sorts of other crazy stuff. Well, let me point out one thing to you. If you go 30 miles an hour for three to four hours, you've got that 100-mile ride. I'm just saying I'm just saying the math. The math <laughs> no, I'm just busting jobs, dude, but yeah, yeah. No, and I love that. I love that you guys are saying, like, this is a 30-mile-an-hour ride. That is rad because, like, you know, I've been to those rides where, like, people are going 45, 50. Dude, you get 70, 80 mopeds in a pack doing that. that that's fucking, A, dangerous, and B, oh, kind of sucks because, like, I don't know half the people there, especially being new. And I don't know what the fuck you're going to do next. Cause like I've probably, Hey, I'll be the first one to throw my hand up. I have probably cut people off and I know people have cut me off and it's like, nobody got hurt, but yeah, I love that 30 mile an hour plan that you guys have. Like I'm, oh, you, can, no, you no, can mark I, me I, down I, on the calendar. Too. I'm coming to your rally this year. No, we'd love to have you. I, and it, like, so you cut people off. I know I have. Yeah. I know I have. It's been an accident. It, I've also seen a lot of people get injured at rallies and that sucks. Like I've been around long enough where like, you know, I've, I've had friends die in this as well. And mm-hmm. I'm really not wanting to ever carry my friend's casket again or pick my friend bleeding up off the concrete. Yeah. So like, just have, have a good time at the rallies and like, just relax, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Ride um, fun. <laughs> dude, that you got me so like excited. Cause like, um, 
let me ask you this have you i want to say i heard you were but you have you done pinball baker's dozen we did baker's for the first time last year okay uh, well 2019 uh we did we did baker's and what well, was I, that? that's not true i'm so sorry my wife is over here telling hey. me i'm wrong okay because she did the second pinball okay uh, <laughs> but my first one was uh baker's 2019 yeah yeah um i remember the second she did the second pinball that came out of minneapolis i yep. remember the weekend it happened because i heard i had rob burrito on here and like i can point down i, I remember that weekend because it flood in minneapolis and yeah Dude, that that pinball is way more intense than the one we did yeah um it was a lot of fun though what cool. why don't you talk about your experience on the pinball because like that's kind of my infatuation right now because i want to do i want to do one of the two i've heard rumors uh the pinball is coming back i've heard rumors nah. I but like Rob Burrito, so I'm, yeah. But I've also, but Baker's Dozen is they planned on ha- just pushing it back here. So yeah, they're going to do it. And the, uh, the guys who host that uh, and, and the women who host it are phenomenal. And I think it's structured better. It's a little less of like a death endurance type thing. <laughs> um, we did it like 2019. Like I said, it was a ton of fun. Uh, myself, uh, Jared and Joe Pegg, uh road and then our other member um she drove chase for us we could not have done it without alexis who's as she put it she was a soccer mom uh enraged you know within the van <laughs> of the trailer she was killing it and uh where where did it start and where did it end it, it started in detroit and it went to boston and okay. we were doing we were doing great we look no one's gonna beat lslb those guys are fucking maniacs they're some of the best builders i've ever met they're all giants and they are unbelievably fast so we were holding – we beat them the first day out of sheer luck. And then What was your pick that, of choice? We were riding a V1. Uh, we were riding a Safari. Okay. So and, you're, you're saying that they are going to be faster than those black black guys hitting oh, 70 on the E50? There's a difference between hitting 70 <laughs> and being able to not have to rebuild your bike every night. Like, <laughs> there, there's like, a lot of truth in that. Yeah, those dudes who are going that fast were killing it, and then they break down, and the dudes who are doing 40 would catch up to them, and then they blast past them, and it was a constant thing. LSLB was just doing like 50 to 60 all the mm-hmm. fucking time. No nice. hiccups. Um, yeah, yeah. In track suits. You know, like <laughs> in San Chan. They're, they're, it was our first time meeting them. Uh, we wound up becoming very close friends with those guys. Uh, we've been back to the city. They've been here. They're wonderful. But we didn't stand a fucking chance of being them. But when, when we when we DNF'd, we were like nine hours ahead of third place. Like we were fucking crushing it. But when we got into elevation and like you were going on these hills where it was in 30 seconds, you're going down a thousand feet and going back up. And again, as I mentioned, we're from Ohio. We have one hill and we built it. We're like, <laughs> what does elevation do to your bike? Yeah, well, yeah. it turns out if you don't jet properly, it blows out all your fucking seals. <laughs> <laughs> and and you know, like we could have, we could have kept pushing and kept going. We're like, you know what? Fuck it. And we had the best time losing. Mm-hmm. Like Lou from LSLB uh, was like, yeah, like they have to be there today. We'll be there. Let's go hit all these tourist traps. Let's go all these swimming holes. Let's go jump off waterfalls. Yeah, Let's yeah. go do mushrooms on the side of a mountain and Fuck see where yeah. we lined up the next day. And uh, it was one of like, it was an amazing experience. It was so incredible. Mm-hmm. We, we were planning on uh, giving it a break year, not doing it in 2020, then doing it in 2021 again. Uh, but I don't know if that's going to happen because there was no 
Mm-hmm. Like we want to hit so many rallies. And if you do something like that, it, it really, I mean, it's, it's a lot of time investment, yep. you know, like as an adult with a, a, an adult job. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very fun. lucky that I have a job that like on, cause generally from my understanding, me again, me being new can correct me anytime. They try to do it on like holiday weekends ish, like our, and I basically, I can take two days off and have 10 days off of work. Yeah, like, they are. They, they're great planners. But I mean, you know, the reality is still like, mm-hmm. okay, like this one, we got lucky. It started in Detroit. So, but you know, yeah. it ended in Boston. We had to get back from Boston. That's yep. 13 hours away, you know? So, so it's a bit of an investment and, and wanting to hit so many rallies this year that um, it's not a high priority. Yeah, yeah. I really, I really want to rally this year. Like, uh, yeah. And I do get a lot of time off from work, um, but with the pandemic, things are strange. So things are strange at work. So I want to, I just want to be able to go to any, every rally. It's like, you know, there's a rally in Chicago. Like I'm going to get off work on Friday and drive. If I, if I have to, I have to go alone, I'll mm-hmm. go or just ride my motorcycle to it. Like just get there. Yeah. You know? <laughs> no, dude, that's awesome. Um, I think we're all just, especially with the weather turning and like the vaccination coming out, like. I'm like looking at that moped army calendar waiting for the events to start popping up because there's a event right now. And that's the creep ki- creep creep. Ah, crypt keepers say that five times fast. And like, you just see the one I'm like, you guys can post them now. I'm waiting. Yeah. Well, it is a waiting game. Cause like if you post one too early and the vaccine doesn't roll out in a quick enough manner, then you, t- it, it's, a, <sighs> it's so much work to throw a rally, you know, like, you can throw quick and dirty rallies together and everyone's going to have a good time. It's all about what your expected guest limits look like. You know, typically here we have between 75 to 150 people show up to every rally. So like we need to have our accommodations ready. We need to have everything down to a T and that requires a ton of work. Yeah. So I'd hate to put that much work and effort into something and have it fall apart. So Mm -hmm. I can understand why people are hesitant to be like, we're going to do one in June and who knows what June's going to look like. And I totally respect that. And I totally understand that. And like me, I was Mr. Rara all summer. Like, oh, August is coming. We get, no, like I was, mm-hmm. yeah. And I you understand. You want to be optimistic. <laughs> yeah. But I honestly, in my non moped army person, like I'm not official, don't know anything that's going on, but like I, I realistically as a human being looking back at this, like I'm saying like may might be the earliest that anybody can even think about doing stuff and i'm saying like uh memorial weekend like that might yeah that, <laughs> we have a little ride plan for that uh the week before that actually we do uh this will be the second annual one we do a ride uh for uh motorcyclists who met through mopeds so it's kind of okay. like a kickoff of the season where there's a big group of us uh throughout ohio and michigan to get together and we all ride motorcycles but we all met each other through mopeds because motorcycle guys typically fucking suck so, um, you know, we get all these guys on motorcycles and we do a big road trip and we spend a weekend together up in Northern Michigan and, um, we're doing that. We have that scheduled, but it's a really small thing. It's usually like my wife and I, and like maybe five to seven other people. And, you know, so that like, we're hoping that that once we were able to do it last year and this is going to be our second annual, it's supposed to be like a every year thing. So yeah. hopefully if that goes off and then that'll just roll right into rally season. Yeah, I asked somebody who usually throws something on in Richmond early in the year. I'm like, so is that going to happen? And he's like, no. Do you want us to? I'm like, okay, okay, just just checking. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, dude, I can't thank you enough for coming on. Um, t- 
talking mopeds, talking pinball a little bit, talking your club. Um, again, I, I throw this out there. Anybody who's been on Second Chance Moped Podcast, anytime you guys find yourself near Minnesota, you always have a place to stay at my house. Don't worry about it. Um, is there anybody you want to shout out? Any Instagram, YouTube, like addresses you want to give us right now to direct them? Yeah, um, we have a Facebook page. It's just uh, the Toledo Zeros. Um, <laughs> it's mostly Nicholas Cage. It's just Zeros. So my wife's correcting me over here. It's just the Zeros. Just it's mostly, it's mostly is, it, is, it, is it Zeros or just Zeros? Now I'm confused. It's Zeros, just the Zeros okay. Facebook page. Okay, okay. Um, it's mostly Nicholas Cage memes and ranch and mayo content. There's very little mopeds. It's it's there. Hey, um, awesome. we have a hashtag on Instagram. It's the uh, Toll Zeros, T O L Zeros. Um, that's where you'll find most of our posts. Um, our YouTube channel is uh, Toledo Zeros. Check that out. My mm-hmm. personal Facebook is like, I had to change my name, you know, because you get in trouble on the internet. So I hide <laughs> now. So I'm out there. If you know me, you can find me. Uh, and my personal Instagram is uh, Toledo Riot. Um, okay. So yeah, check us out. Hit us up. Come here. Have a good time. I yeah, yeah. Appreciate you having me on. It's been fun. Yeah, and it's great getting to know you. Um, I got. I always forget to throw out my business at the beginning because I always want to get right into the stories. Don't forget, everyone. Uh, you can always you can find um Second Chance a Moped Podcast on Instagram at Second Chance Pod on Facebook at Second Chance Moped, and feel free to email. And I, I will get back to all of you. I've been bombarded the last couple of weeks um, with second chance moped at gmail.com. Again, just look for second chance moped that you'll generally find us. Um, Andy, I can't thank you enough to, for coming on the podcast. And I just got to remind you don't forget, mopeds are dumb. <laughs>